Hi friends, we're back doing another one. And of course, the conversation today is going to get spicy if you couldn't tell just by the title. We are going to be talking with an incredibly raw, authentic human being and yoga teacher, Jenny Yarmus. She directly teaches in the Baltimore area. You can find her at Breakaway Studio. And her and I actually got started as friends talking about this particular topic stepping in as a yoga teacher or any new position and just being met with a lot of harsh realities that not many people are talking about. So we're going to talk about them here, regardless of what that means. And if it stirs any hard feelings for you, please take care of yourself. There are resources in the description below as always. So be easy and we're going to get started. When you start to look at the negative side of anything is that they think that you're attacking it to destroy it completely, right? Right, and that's not our, that's not the goal. That's not the intention. Like, my goal <laughs> here is not to be like, wellness is the worst. Like, there's so much good in wellness. There and that, that's lot. why I've yes. chosen for that to be, like, the way that I do my work. Like, I've left a whole career to start a new one within wellness, but I've noticed since coming into it, some shit's still got to change. <laughs> and I think mm -hmm. the more that we vocalize, the more that we're aware, and the more that we speak our truths rather than just playing a role mm -hmm. in a system, the more things can shift and change. Yes. And so, at least for me, like, walking into wellness really started with my first training, right? Like, coming in as a yoga student is great. You get to see the studio. You get to see your friends. You get to do what you do. But for some reason, and I've talked to so many people that this is also true for them, and maybe you feel this as well, is like the minute your training starts, it's like a whole other world of the industry opens up. Oh, absolutely. Like you think you're walking oh, yeah. into this training and like, don't get me wrong, I love a good yoga teacher training. Me too. I, if I could take one like <laughs> me too. once a year, I probably yes. would. Yes. And it's because there's so much good content and skills and tools that you get from just deciding to take on teaching the yoga, even yeah. if you never stand in front of a room to teach it. Yeah, and we both love learning. So it's oh, like sure. as much as you can learn for as long as possible, like that's that's the goal. Because when, when you are teaching yoga and you start to, you know, teach and teach and teach and you stop learning and you stop reading books and then you just like, you feel like so disconnected. Yeah. Like, oh no. And forgetting what the eight limbs are. And... Or like why I do this or like right. keeping myself just in touch. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so easy to get out of touch in this industry when you just go like, I've learned enough. And I think you like, can never learn you enough. can never learn enough. Never. And so walking into a training, being that like hungry student and being like, oh, I'm so mm -hmm. ready to learn. I'm so ready to take on these, these tools and these ways of living and to give them to other people because it's already given me as a student so much, at least for me personally, like yoga was definitely at a part of my journey when I really needed it to like look inside oh, myself yes. and reclaim my power. Oh yes. And it started very physically, like just getting on the mat, doing the motions, and then something shifted where I was like, it's speaking to more than just my movement. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to be able to give that to someone else. Right. And like going into my first training, I was like wide open eyes, just ready to be like, all right, teach me everything that you know. I'm not really questioning like, why are you teaching me this versus that? Yeah. And I just found myself just becoming overwhelmed with what I was witnessing within just how yoga studios, more than likely, at least in my experience, were being ran. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like th this is the reality of it, right? Like I've stepped into a new role of I'm going to be a yoga teacher and what I assume that responsibility to be and then matching it with what actually the studio expects from me. 
Right, and it can be so vastly different. And in each studio, it can be completely different. And you kind of have to be able to switch on the dot to what that yoga studio wants you to be. Oh, yeah. Like if they need you to, uh, you know, do their own flow or read mm-hmm. their script. Or if um, their classes are all heated power and they don't want you to talk about mindfulness. Or spirituality um, yeah, or, or like the tenets of yoga. Right. Like, And they're like, no, just focus on the workout. And you're mm. like, but that's not what yoga is. That's not what I was taught to teach. Yeah. I think so for me being in the training, like I really like at first I was really hard on my trainings that I did. Like my first one, especially like I was just really hurt, I think, Mm -hmm. by what I was exposed to with the realities of like running a yoga studio and understanding that like it is a business. Yes. And that certain people do business different ways. And for me, I just since the beginning, I've always thought that there needs to be a way to balance the two, that it's not wrong to run a yoga studio as a business, not at all. but it's wrong to cause harm and to disempower people and to take money and overcharge for a practice mm-hmm. that's needed in so many communities. Right. Like there's a way of having both, I think, of being able to be like, yeah, you need to keep your lights on and you need to be able to buy food and like be comfortable in your life. But also you don't need to profit off of people's trauma and pain and make them feel worse so that they stay in a system in which they're just giving you their money. Right. And the the overcharging of yoga is is astronomical. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is, as the yoga studio class prices go up because they can, because people need it, uh, the uh, payment for instructors starts to go down. And now we're not getting paid anything Mm. and students are paying so much and there's a huge disconnect which you know some younger instructors may not realize oh yeah and uh it's something that over the past i guess i've been teaching for four and a half five-ish years now something that i have grown um very aware of yeah (laughs) i've had to well think about it just like people go to college they pay a certain amount they get out of college hoping to have a job to pay off Mm -hmm. said college experience and also cost of living right Mm -hmm. you come into a yoga teacher training you're spending usually somewhere around two three four thousand dollars sometimes more five six Mm -hmm. depending on what training you're doing and then you are like oh great like this is what i want to do you're passionate about it you want to help people and then you're met when you leave like oh that's great that you you do this and we're going to pay you 15 20 30 <laughs> Which for an hour but it's not just the hour it's mm-hmm. getting there exactly. it's cleaning the studio it's checking yep. in students it's keeping a good face it's planning your sequence it's, it's keeping in buying touch. your yoga clothes it's, yeah it's buying the books that you have to keep reading to keep up your practice yeah it's uh you having enough time to practice at home so that when you go to the mat you have a class prepared yeah um, there's so much into it, so much, and none of that is taken into consideration. Mm. And that's when the instructors start to feel less supported yeah. and less comforted, and they feel like they're all alone. And some, and it can make the instructors start to doubt themselves that this is actually a good path for them, yeah. even though they've decided so strongly, this is what I want to do, I'm putting all of my money into this, but they start to get nothing back, no mm. care, no money. There's no reciprocation. Yeah. So for most people who go into a yoga studio just as a student, 
what you see is usually the simple setup of like maybe someone's checking you in maybe that's even the teacher for the class usually usually the teacher for the class you then go into your yoga class you do your 60 90 however long session you then leave but then what you don't see is you see you don't see the teacher cleaning up after and mopping the floors Mm -hmm. and collecting everything or making sure that everyone was checked in correctly or doing retail payments for people who want to buy stuff from the store Mm -hmm. and it's it's overwhelming how much one person can do and I feel like because usually yoga teachers are people who just love so hard and just want people to be comforted (laughs) and like supported Mm -hmm. and seeing that they're willing to be like, you know what, I'll get paid less because I really am passionate about this work. Same issue with like mental health providers. So many people I talk to, they're in a, they're in a position of service, but they're not getting paid to actually feel taken care of. But they're willing to do it because they're in an industry where they're like, well, you're helping other people. So, like, deal with it. Right. That's that's why I stayed at most of the yoga studios that I started off teaching at. I was getting paid 15 to $25 an hour, mm. which, is ab- it, which is disrespectful. And for really. most people, that sounds like, oh, my God, that's great. But we're talking about not like an hourly wage where from the time you get there to the time mm-hmm. you leave, you're getting paid per hour. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid per class. So it's really yes. 15 to 20 per class. Yes, which is uh, sometimes, I mean, when I go teach at my yoga studio at 6, I'm leaving at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then getting home at 7.30. Yeah. That is a large amount of time for 15 to 25 dollars yeah and not to mention sometimes it's even longer let's say you're meeting with a student after class and there's a responsibility to hold space if they broke if they're working through something we i mean the whole thing is like yoga instructors are therapists and we we're not (laughs) we're not at all at all (laughs) we're not and but our students feel so safe and protected and comforted by us that we do have to have those conversations after class to check in with them. Oh, yeah. See if we can help in any way. It is our responsibility to make sure our students are comfortable and that we are approachable. Mm. But we do have to set up that boundary of, you know, if you need to talk to someone more, you know. Here are referrals for yes. you. <laughs> My biggest thing is always having some sort of additional source for their healing that they can turn to beyond me. That's so Because wonderful. it's like, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher, and yes, I do one-on-ones, and I'm going to sit and hold space for you. And if you're having breakdowns, and you're having, like, uncontrolled moments where you're really just in it, mm-hmm. here's, a, here's a resource for you to go talk to, or a person to go see, not because I'm like, ew, get away from me, but because I care so much that you're taking care of yourself. Right. That's and so that's, nice. that's the part of the 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 expectation of like, yeah, obviously you do that, right? You're a yoga teacher, hold that space. But then the business side of it doesn't actually meet the teachers there. But meanwhile, the studios are able to charge whatever they want. And that's where it gets (laughs) tricky, right? Yeah. It's not the studios also taking this like act of service Mm -hmm. and is, you know, doing it for the bare minimum, just for the love of the cause. It's like, well, if the studio is able to make money, the teacher should be able to make money too. And they should be coexisting and collaborating rather than one benefiting off of the other. Absolutely. 
and tying into that is the social media promotion mm. for the yoga. Oh studios. yeah. So talk about that. Cause you've had an experience <laughs> with in contracts. This is part of what yes. they're expecting from you. Yes. Like it was our fault if we did not get enough students to our classes because mm. we were supposed to be promoting all the time. I, um, worked for a yoga studio where it was recommended and encouraged and uh, we were sometimes yelled at to post almost every single day about our yoga classes that we taught that studio even if you were teaching once or twice a week i was teaching twice a week and i was supposed to post about it every single day and for this one studio for not one to studio. mention you might be you're probably to keep up with rent and cost of living teaching at all these other studios oh, yeah. yeah at that time i was teaching i guess 15 classes a week mm. maybe 18 just to make by yeah and and i couldn't oh and i couldn't oh. <laughs> and this studio um yeah they they absolutely uh, would hound all of the instructors to post constantly I'm like, well, number one, I'm going to lose followers if I'm being For annoying sure. on social media. You're like, that's just out of my integrity yeah. to be real on my social media. Exactly. And it, it felt so fake and it felt um, just really unauthentic to to keep hounding people to come to my classes. They're going to come if they want to come. Yeah, your people will find you. Yes, Firm absolutely. believer in it. There's enough. We'll absolutely. figure it out. Yeah. And um, of course, when I left that studio, then I wasn't allowed to contact any of the students that they told me I needed to talk to every single day to get to come to the studio. Oh, man. So it was, it was get all these people, build up your following here. But once you leave, fuck you. You don't get any of those students. They're all ours. And you are legally not allowed to talk to them anymore. I still am not until... What's the period for that? One year after you leave Jeez. is in my contract that I'm not allowed to teach or uh, even be in the vicinity of any of my students. You couldn't even bring them on as like one-on-ones? Absolutely not. Why? Wow. Because it would be stealing that studio's clients. So what, it, oh, <laughs> interesting. I don't know how people think they're that entitled to people. I know. People are going to go where people want to go. And if you're the person that they're coming to, that they're like, oh, it's Jenny's class. Yeah, it's at this studio, but it's Jenny's class that I'm just enjoying so much. And she has something that just makes me feel safe and is like great for my practice and great for just me like getting in touch with myself. Now you're gone. That safe space for them. They can't even seek you out anywhere else. It's right. just gone. And I wasn't even allowed to contact them when I left because the studio didn't even let me have my last class. They told me I was done and that was it. Oh, they man. didn't even let me do my full two weeks, which I so graciously told them I would yeah. finish my last two weeks, even though I wanted to leave immediately. They wouldn't let me say goodbye to anyone. And I also couldn't text them or email them to say goodbye. I'm moving on. Here's how to reach me. Mm. That wasn't allowed either. Yeah, that transition out. So I there was a period for me when I got done my first teacher training, whether it was you know, the fire in me or a little bit of my ego trying to prove it to the the training that I left that like, fuck you, I'm going to do this anyway. Mm. I started teaching at all these places. And as I finally got clear in myself that what I was doing was overworking myself, giving so much to studios that did not care mm. about me, but cared about what I was bringing them. And ultimately just didn't feel authentic in what I was contributing to those studios. When I left, I got nothing. 
I didn't get any like, okay, like here's ways for us to collaborate. Like I do this on my own now yeah. for the most part. And it's like most studios that I've worked with previously, there's not much room for collaboration. It's almost like, well, you're done here. So what's the point of working together? Right. There's if, if you are not going to be okay with getting 20 bucks a class and uh, no support, then why, you know, why should we ever speak to you again? Why should why we support should, you? Right. Why should we support you? Why should we let you share our clients? Mm. Why, you know. Oh, clients is a word for me. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, guys, we're not, we're, we're yoga teachers and these are our students and there's a and responsibility and, and our friends. Yeah. That like <laughs> we hold so much and we see so much transformation in these people that to look at them. And I, in my first training, I remember hearing the word clients for the first time and I was like, fuck that. They're not just people I'm trying to get money from. Right. Like, that's not why I'm here. And I will fight tooth and nail, even if it makes me look like I'm stupid in business, that it's not the sole purpose. It isn't. Like, there can be more than just me getting money from you and me still making a living. Right. Like, both can exist simultaneously. Absolutely. And the, the funny thing is, most of my close friends now are people that were once my students that just came into my class one day. Yeah. Like, our students mean so much to us. And then... When we decide to leave a studio for our um, sanity, for our mental healing, health, healing, power, money, so many reasons, we are literally leaving people that we, we have made such strong, deep connections mm. with, friendships, relationships. You know, these are people that we meet every week and we share breath and space and movement. And it's so sacred. Mm. And then when you leave, it's the hardest thing because you don't want to leave them. But you have to because you respect yourself. Yeah. And it's so hard to then not be able to contact them. Just like, bye. See yeah. ya. And that That's for it. me was something that felt so out of like my own just integrity. Just just leave people and be like, yeah, I know you cried that one day to me. And like, we, <laughs> we definitely were here and held space for each other. Mm -hmm. But like, I gotta go. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, and it's not even me that's making this call. No. And it feels so disempowering, even to the very moment where you're like, I'm doing this for my power. And I'm doing this so I can step into a place where I'm allowing myself to teach the way I want to teach and use the music I want to use and connect to people the way it feels real to me. Mm -hmm. And I have to do this. And even though it's one more way that they get to hold that power, I'm going to do it anyway. Absolutely. It's almost like they scare you with losing everything to move on. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's the experience I had um, with this one yoga studio. Mm. They s scared me so bad that if I left them, I would have nothing. I'd have mm. no clients, which was true. Mm. Which was true. If When I did leave, I was left with nothing because they wouldn't allow me to carry on any relationships with any of the students I had. Um, and they, they really instilled such fear that I wasn't good enough to find work elsewhere and that I uh, wasn't good enough to have my own platform because they had an online platform mm. and it's in my contract that I'm not allowed to have one as well. So it was so much fear and it, it, um, it made me think that I was not worth it or meant to be in this industry. It made me question a lot. Yeah. And that was, I think that was out of all of the wrong that happened there. That was the worst part was that they made me feel like I shouldn't 
be doing this in the first place yeah. because I wasn't worth it. And that's not an isolated incident. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to jump to our first break, okay. but we're going to talk more about all of this. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Samantha Fowler Yoga. If you're looking to get in touch with your own meditation practice, that's realistic for you and your life, then look no further. You can join us this August for a 14-day immersion into meditation. I know what you're thinking. It sounds like a lot, but it's all completely online that you can do at your own pace, asking questions that fit for you and get personalized responses that actually meet you where you are. So if you'd like to join us for 14 days for $14, learn more and get started at samanthafowleryoga.com slash meditation. So I want to talk more about <laughs> how, how the thing that helps you get free, right? The studio, the yoga, all of it can also cause harm and ultimately disempower you using the very same tools they gave you to build you up. So we were talking about a studio that you had left that ultimately convinced you that if you were to leave, you had nothing. And I think that this is something that maybe started on good intent, good intentions of setting up studios and being like, we're going to have freelance, right, contractors that come in and they teach the classes and it gives the teacher autonomy and it supports them. But at the same time, coupling that with contracts and expectations of what your role is within this business when you're actually just a freelance contractor and that you bring so much because you want your classes to do good, right? Like you want to have people in the room. You want to be living your most authentic life. But then the same people that are like, yes, build people up, come in, do the work are the same people that when you decide you need something, something different, that you're wrong. Yes. And that you're now a threat, actually. Oh, yeah. A huge threat, mm. which was funny because they spent so much time telling me that I, you know, wouldn't be able to find work elsewhere. But then when I left, they were so scared of me taking their clients because Weird. I had the highest attendance at the yoga studio. Mm. I had the most like recurring uh, classes and um, the highest watched classes on their online platform. And, um, you know, then it switched to, oh, now you're a threat and mm. you can't go anywhere near us. So it was such a, a mindfuck, really, going yeah. from, yeah, going from I am like nothing, I'm not worth it, I'm probably not even good at this, they're paying me $15 a class and they're paying everyone else way more money, mm. to we're scared of you now. Yeah. Because you're going to steal our business. Well, it's nice to keep the person that's most likely to challenge you small mm -hmm. when they're with you so that they don't step out of line. That was a huge part of how I was treated. Ooh. I was the lowest paid instructor in the studio based on probably how young I am, my experience, even though I'm a badass instructor, <laughs> even though, yeah, sure, maybe at the time I had two years of experience, I was still great. Yeah. And, you know, yoga studios should pay equally, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how old you are. There's a lot of ageism in For sure. yoga teaching. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the main things of, uh, the main reasons of why I left was mm -hmm. because I am, I should be treated so much better. And just on the basis of, you know, I am a good teacher, therefore I need to be compensated the exact same way. 
It's not an like an outrageous claim. <laughs> no, it isn't. Like within any industry, you walk in, right? And you're let's say you're working at a restaurant. Like if the server over there is getting paid X, you, you most likely are going to get paid the same. Yes. What's going to also change is maybe some tips, maybe the business you get outside mm-hmm. of the serving that you do. Like, but that's what the person individually brings when you step into that role. And I think that often it supports a studio to support their teachers until the teachers decide that they're worth more than what the studio can give. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're a threat, you're no good, here's all the reasons why they're bad, and it's like, but this is supposed to be a space in which no matter what, we support the people around us because we're people. We're not business, we're not, we're not money, we're not claims to anything. We're just people trying to do the work. So why is it when it's not good for business, all of a sudden abundance doesn't exist? Right, and when I, when I left, um, it wasn't a clean break, of oh, I course. It, it couldn't be. Mm. Um, I got yelled at, yelled at, screamed at by the owners. Mm. And they, made, they told me that they were disappointed in me. Oh, yeah. I was making this decision. It took me so long to get to a place where I was comfortable leaving because it took a lot of courage, a lot of guts, and a lot of mental toughness to be able to leave my students that I had been with for years. I was at the time, I think the instructor that had stayed there the longest and I, I left and they said they were disappointed in me and didn't support my decision and couldn't understand why. Um, even after I told them my reasons very politely, very kindly, I explained how I'd been treated and how it was unfair. Um, all of the payment, all of uh, the disrespect that I've experienced, uh, the rude words, mm. the behavior, and I was blamed for it in the end. Well, the moment you start to speak your truth, and I've noticed this too, the moment that you start to go, hey, first of all, this ain't right. And second of all, I'm going to let you know, and not in a way that shames you or makes you wrong, but I'm just going to be very clear as to what my reality is here and what I'm no longer going to tolerate. I'm putting a boundary. It can either be met with someone who will sit and go, huh, let me reflect. What did I do? How did I cause harm? Like, let me actually look at myself and like process this as a human who's done something that someone else has experienced regardless if I agree with it or not let me just reflect yes and that's what you expect from a community community that preaches that preaches exactly that yep and it's convenient to use that to preach it to people until it's your business at stake and in that case fuck you (laughs) get out don't talk to your clients and it's like but hold on you just told me you've taught me these ways And now all of a sudden when those ways are no longer convenient for your pockets, those ways go out the window. And I'm like, why can't the yoga and the business exist simultaneously and not be a threat to other people also just trying to do this work? Yes. Like people who bring this stuff to communities who need it, people who are doing donation-based or pop-up-based or free yoga classes or Mm -hmm. online yoga, let the people teach their yoga however they want to do it. Everyone can be a yoga teacher and there's still room for more. Absolutely. There's so much room because every yoga instructor is so unique. Different things they bring. So unique. There is so much room. There are so many clients. There's no need, which is something you taught me. Mm. 
there is no need to live in such fear in this industry. Oh, and it, there's so much fear in this so industry. Much. And it makes sense. It's an industry that got brought to the most capitalistic, opportunistic yeah. place. <laughs> and we are so thankful for the people that have started to speak up on this because it's a real fucking crisis, the way that we've taken this sacred, beautiful tool. And turned it into goat yoga and beer yoga and wine yoga. And all the ways, and like, if yeah. that makes you get into the practice for the first time and it makes you feel goofy and fun, it's not wrong. But don't go ahead and say that you're about all of these ways of living and then treat people who are actually the ones teaching it in mm -hmm. your communities mm -hmm. like they're nothing. Right. It's not right. right. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but the, the cultural appropriation oh, yeah. of yoga has been so, so huge. And it, thank goodness... Uh, is coming to the surface and more change is happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll you start to notice yoga studios offering so many different kinds of yoga to get people into it at first, right? But then they keep offering it, and these people think that hot power extreme athletic yoga is what yoga is, and that goat yoga is okay when it is cultural appropriation and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's funny how the the truth of what yoga is has been so diluted and expanded to try to get more people in to get money yeah. that most people are missing what the core of it is. Well, I think abundance has been, and I've talked about this before, I don't know if it was on here or just with someone else, but it keeps coming up for me lately that mm -hmm. in this community, especially in studios, they'll talk about abundance, right? They'll talk about there's enough, like there's always enough, right. like we believe it, abundance, we speak it, we like look to the deities that believe in it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's all this way that we, we praise abundance. But then when it actually comes down to sitting in the discomfort of believing in abundance, that it's not just a monetary means, it's an energetic transfer. Mm -hmm. It's a believing surrounding your people that are actually like up to the cause and are on the same page as you. And it's just, it becomes so focused on the monetary that we see that then in the entire industry of how do I make more money? How do I get more people in? How do I like, and yes, it's very real fear to want to keep your lights on for your business. That, fa that fear is very real and it's very fair. And you should be able to keep your lights on in your business. And you should still be able to believe and like hold space and respect the thing that it is that your business is dedicated is dedicated to. to yes be a business but also be so fucking mindful if your business mm -hmm. is a sacred path absolutely and keep yourself in check and if that means you have someone that calls you out to be like hang on we're going too far off the path step right. back then get that person exactly. but if you have that within yourself then keep that part of yourself in check and don't just think i can I could use a little more. Like, do you really need that more? Or are you starting to slip over the line? It's a balance. Right. And it's, I, I so understand when studio owners start to slip into the, okay, you know, our basic yoga classes are struggling right now, especially during quarantine. Yeah. What can we do? Let's branch out and kind of dilute our, our main purpose and meaning and focus of yoga into you know all these different things and putting up a retail shop that's selling shirts saying you know 50 percent beyonce 50 percent buddha Oof. and you know all Oof. of 
Uh, yeah, big oof. Ugh. And like all, you know, all of those uh, really inappropriate things just because they're cute and trendy and like, you know, young college girls getting into yoga is like, oh, that's really cute. Right. You and know, it's, it's not wrong. It but it's <laughs> But it's... It's not yeah. fully mindful. It's not fully respectful of, yeah. of what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. It so. gives people the wrong idea, too, of what, well, the wellness community in general is actually about. Yes. Like, it it shifts the focus away from the work and the tools and the empowerment and getting people on their feet so that they can live a fully enriched life. Right. In whatever way they decide to get there, right? Whether mm -hmm. that's with yoga, meditation, all the different mm -hmm. parts and elements that come up. There's so many ways to get your healing. Absolutely. But when you lose sight of that being the purpose and fear, and it came really hard in quarantine and with the pandemic. And like, thank, thank whoever for like letting that be a time where we're getting to see all these shifts and changes where quarantine happened and it's a reasonable fear to be like, well, how the fuck do I pay my bills? Right. That's a global pandemic. How the fuck do we pay our bills when everyone's going inside? Mm -hmm. Fair. Fear steps in and fear sometimes make us do shit that's out of our integrity that we're like, oop, I shouldn't have maybe done that, but I was in fear and I'm surviving. Yeah. And if we're going to be in this space right this this mindful wellness space where we're like yes this is the way that we live we got to practice that shit yes so if you're in fear that's okay you're human remember that but also right. call yourself out and then make steps to get out of it right absolutely it is so okay to support yourself and to branch out and find new ways to support yourself but once you're feeling better mm -hmm. once things have changed once you've seen a difference start to get back to the truth of it all. Yeah. Why you started, why this is important to you, what this means to you as a person, as someone that is supporting other people and students. Yeah. Get back to the truth of it and start to come back to the true meaning of what you're doing. Well, it's just like anything that you do in life, regardless of what your career is. It's okay to get comfortable and want to stay there, but if your line of work challenges you to like constantly be checking yourself and to be holding space whether that's your yoga teacher a therapist a psychiatrist like there's a responsibility that you are holding so much space for people that you eventually can't just be comfortable you have to find comfort in your discomfort and question have yourself have to that's life finding yeah. comfort in the uncomfortable yeah that's literally what we do every single day yeah every single day we have to get comfortable with it we have to get used to it that's that's our evol uh, evolving yeah path and it gets easier i think oh yes it certainly it's certainly not does. fun no it's definitely not fun <laughs> there are times, times it's very hard yeah to sit with yourself and be like okay so like this just happened whether it was with another person or just within myself this just happened i gotta sit with it and let me tell you, there's sometimes you just want to be like, mm, I could sit with it or I could watch TV <laughs> or I could ignore that and go do this instead. Right. I need to evolve tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's fair. If you're tired and like, you're not going to get your, your best work done that night, take the break, but also don't forget to come back. Yes. And I feel like it's so irresponsible to never come back to that place it of questioning. It really is. It really is. You have to constantly question yourself. Look at your behavior and actions. Yeah. It's so important. We start to operate when we are comfortable. 
we start to operate in this mode of like, okay, this is working. I'm not going to think about what I'm doing mm, or saying autopilot. because this is working for me. Yeah. But you, you have to disrupt that. Mm. You have to. I agree. Or you just are never going to grow. You're never going to evolve. Well, and I think that people can pick up on that too. Like, at least in, like, in being a yoga teacher and being, like, a one-on-one coach with someone else, it's, like, if I am not in my practice or doing my shadow work or taking a bubble bath, I'll be honest, if I'm not a, yeah. if I'm not taking a bubble bath, I'm a bit of a bitch. Right. But if I'm not doing these tools that I've, like, I've sought out, right, and I've been, like, okay, I know I'm more grounded if I go on a run and do this, or I know I'm going to have this if I do that. Yes. If I'm not using these tools and I just show up and I'm like, we're just going to fuck it, whatever. Right. People can sniff that shit out. They absolutely do. Students, when I have my best classes is when I have read the sutras that day. Mm. It's you when tune back in. I, oh, yes. When I have meditated, even if it's just for a few minutes, eat, driving there in the car beforehand. Yeah. When you have checked yourself, checked in with your morals, values, what you care about, why you are doing this, everything. And you are more mindful and grateful about what you are bringing to the table. Everyone else has a great time too. Yeah, and I think it also... notice. If you yourself sit in who you are and you become like okay with all the mess, like even when you're your messiest self and you're like, you know what, I'm aware that life right now is wild ride. Mm Mm-hmm bit of a wild ride, but I'm aware of it and I'm like keeping myself clear of it so I can hold space for someone else. Mm -hmm. It's different than when I'm just, I'm a fucking mess. Oh God, I got to teach. Oh God, I'm not getting like, it's just, you notice the difference and imagine that same quality and that same feeling, but on a large scale of an industry. And it's like, how many people are just comfortable or in fear Mm -hmm. or really just don't give a fuck about the harm (laughs) that they cause. Right. And think about the implications of that and the waves in which that then reaches other people. People can sniff that shit out. And it's why we're having more and more people be like, hang the fuck on. Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. So with all of the experience that you had, like kind of coming into the role of being, okay, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. And then realizing the reality of it. Mm-hmm. How have you shifted and navigated it? Like what have you decided to change or maybe step out of since coming to terms with like what the truth of the industry is? There's a lot. I think the first thing was, I think the hardest part of becoming a yoga instructor was the physical aspect of it. I expected to not have an issue teaching people and showing my body and uh, being physical so often, but I quickly had to um, change my thoughts around how often I'm working, how, uh, you know, when you take your yoga teacher training, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to get paid a ton of money. It's going to be perfect because no one tells you otherwise. Right. And then you get there and you feel like people are judging your body. You feel uncomfortable teaching and you have to realize that your body cannot handle teaching 24 classes a week, which is what I started off doing. Mm -hmm. And you you just have to completely change your priorities and expectations. Yeah, I think you also have to put up a boundary within the work because when you're yes. when you are so into your job, right? Like I love 
what I do. You get me going mm-hmm. on a class or a one-on-one, like my heart is it's the best. full. It's the best. And I will, and I, I did, when I got done my first teacher training, I went, I'm ready. And I went hard. Mm-hmm. And a little bit, it was that like, competition athletic part of me a little bit of ego too where i'm like let's do it you're ready but your body physically will tell you like you can't handle all of that all the time but in order to live off of just teaching classes alone it feels like you have to and you have to take on all that work and for me i was like it's not gonna work i can't doesn't i can't. can't yeah it cannot work when you are working that much and exhausting your body, you don't have time to socialize. You don't have time to go to the gym and work on your own fitness goals. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're physically exhausting your body so much, but you are also thinking about how your body looks constantly when you start teaching. Mm. I have since, you know, uh, grown so much more comfortable with my body actually through teaching yeah. has made me feel so wonderful. And Yeah, um, but at first, great tell me about that. <laughs> At first, it's it's so hard because, you know, you know that people see you every day, but when you get into an hour class and people have, have to look at your body the entire time to see your alignment, it is, it is so hard, that transition. I'd say it was hard for me for the first six or seven months after I started teaching, like, full-time, like, doing it a lot. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my goodness, I can't stop thinking about how my butt looks right now in these leggings. I totally understand and, that. And of, and I was teaching at Towson University. So, you know, hot guys were coming to my classes oh, and all no. my girlfriends. And I was like, well, now I'm wondering how I look. And, you know, should I put on a yoga set? And mm. do I have to wear a bra and leggings? Because that's what yoga instructors wear, right? Oh, yeah. And There's definitely a pressure there with pressure. looking a certain way as a teacher. Oh, yes. And now all of my students know I show up to class in sweatpants, Hell a yeah. big baggy t-shirt. I don't have my eyebrows on. Mm-mm. My hair isn't brushed. And that's how I show up just me because I don't want my students to come in wearing a bra and leggings and be and feel the same way I felt when I started teaching which was you know other people in class are looking at me how do my back rolls look in this sports bra yeah that's not what I want I want them to come uh fatumbled and a mess as well human yes because that's that's when the work gets done yeah i found when i was teaching and when even in my own practice when i was thinking about how i looked and i was getting cute when i was on the mat i wasn't getting as deep into it and i wasn't connecting with my students as much as i could because i was way too in my head about appearance but when i started to let go of that take a deep breath and come in sweatpants and have panty lines showing yeah and, fuck it and you know just coming as i was my i was connecting with my students more i could tell that they were getting deeper into it because i was setting a good example mm. of you were practicing what you preach yes exactly it's and then definitely everything tough. works out well because you show up and you're like okay Cause I definitely, there are days where like, it's empowering to have the yoga set on. You're like, I look cute as fuck. Yes. But at the beginning, it's definitely a tough line to walk when you're like, oh, I'm now in front of the room and everyone's looking at me. Like even having, like, you also have acting background and like performing background. You'd think that I'd be so comfortable with that yet. But no, when I'm on stage, I'm in a costume. I'm not me. Right. I'm not thinking about it. 
But when I'm a yoga instructor, it is me. Yeah. That it is me that's teaching. And even though it is slightly a performance, you're changing the tone of your voice. You're enunciating more. You're thinking about how you're speaking. Mm -hmm. It's still you. And they're looking at your body. You don't have a costume on. Yeah. It's we would so hope, different. Right? Like, well, we know. It's, it's very, very different. And it, yeah, that was, that was the biggest change I had to make in how I was teaching and, mm. um, you know, coming out of my teacher training. That was, that was the hardest part, really. Yeah, I think, well, so my first teacher training, and I don't know if I've shared this with many people, but like my first teacher training, it sparked so much commotion for me. Mm. And in a way it was like, yeah, it had to it had to trigger a lot of stuff for me to actually start to heal through some of it. And mm -hmm. one of the things that it triggered, which trigger warning, was an eating disorder again. Mm -hmm. I'm in a yoga teacher training. Right. And my eating disorder is being triggered. That's not What? Right. That's and it took right. me a couple, like, a couple of months afterwards to be like, wait, hold on. What the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought I was being, you know, pure in my body and all the shit they fucking stuffed I down know. your throats. And it's like, actually... I was just giving myself excuses to parade it as wellness when it was actually a disorder right. that I needed to sit with and be like, where is this coming from? Using the tools mm -hmm. of yoga beyond just the physical means to get in touch with like, where, why, why do I do this to myself? Where is this coming from? It's so hard. It's oh, yeah. so hard. And when I was taking my training, I had just gotten into yoga, mm. which, so I had a, a bit of a different experience than most people. I oh, started, yeah. yeah, I started my yoga journey for myself in January. And in March, I started my training. Mm. I had only been so deep into yoga for a couple of months. But in those months, the reason I started yoga was to lose weight. Mm. I've been there. That's and, how I started. Yeah. And I think it's how most people start. And it's because it works. <laughs> it, it can work. It can. It can work, especially with some of the ways that they parade certain poses or certain well, power movements. Right. And the studio that I was taking my training at, which is where I started, was a hot power studio. Mm -hmm. So I was going twice a day. I ended up losing 35 pounds. So in my training, I felt amazing about my body. Mm. I never had more energy. I felt like a new person. I felt really, really good. Cause I just, I shed a lot of stuff. I was, that was just stuck. Mm, I get that. You know, like yeah. the, the, the process of going through and starting my yoga journey mentally was incredible. I had changed so much as a person and through my training, I evolved like, n like I've never experienced in my life. Yeah. But when I got out, I was like, whew, I did so much evolving mm. and I'm very happy with my body now. And now I have this responsibility as a teacher, and now I'm finding things that I'm uncomfortable with again, and the negative feelings are starting to creep in again, and everyone's staring at me. It's a lot. And it, it came on very strong after a huge period of, God, I, I feel the best I've ever felt. Because yeah. I did. And I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think most people start their training when they start getting into yoga no girl i was like seven years in exactly <laughs> exactly and i also don't think that i know that everyone experiences a lot of transformation in a ytt mm -hmm. hopefully I, th I feel like it I should be a very like transformative goal, right. time yeah but i i had the biggest transition of my entire life 
during my training. Mm. I became a different person completely. I get that. Like, that was my second training for me. Yeah, and I, I think it was just a lot at once and then going into the industry and freaking out, realizing that I wouldn't be able to do this sustainably as a full mm. living and uh, realizing that everyone was staring at me for hours at a time. It was it was a very big change, and it took a while to get used to it. Well, I think, and my sister and I had just talked about this the other day, and I don't know if it'll come before or after this, <laughs> say, but we talked about how there's this, like, vulnerability that you, like, you do take on in a yoga training, right, where you finally feel like that shift where you're like, oh, this is me. Yes. But I think what's what's a little bit dangerous and seems to be the most disorienting is there's no, like, reintegration there isn't there's like hey here's all these tools here's all this power here's here's your truest self see ya <laughs> and you're like the fuck where am i like <laughs> how am i supposed to come back to this feeling mm. how am i supposed to come back to thinking about the yamas and the yamas every single day well and sometimes you the know? studios that hold the training want you to think that the only way to get back to it's through them right and think about it it's it mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty smart to be like, oh, it I don't is. know how to get back to this feeling without doing another training or doing another workshop. Right. Girl, truth to the matter, you created that, that feeling within yourself. Yeah, because you, can you did the work. And you can create it And again. you can keep doing the work and keep going back to that feeling, but you have to keep doing the work. Mm -hmm. And something that my YTT lacked, which it lacked a lot, I, I like to say that I'm a self-taught instructor because I am. I get that. I, my yoga teacher training gave me little to nothing. Mm. Um, but I, the one thing that I had to keep reminding myself for so long until it became second nature was you have to keep doing the work. Yeah. You got your YTT and I know it feels so amazing and I know that you think you know everything now. Yeah. But you have to keep learning and rereading the same books that you read in your training. I get so much different stuff from all the same books. Every, every time, time you I'm read like, it. Oh, fuck, I didn't think about Every that. time you read Patanjali, you're oh, like, oh, That's dude. me with Eastern Body, Western Mind. Yes. Like, every time I'm looking at the chakras, I'm just like, fuck, I gotta go right. process this drama oh, real quick. Oh, the chakras. <laughs> and then the, the most beautiful thing about evolving as a yoga instructor and and growing and getting more experience is there'll be a point well there was a point for me where i was teaching chakra workshops and getting really deep into that mm. and i learned a lot about it and i love teaching it and then i realized oh goodness i think i have a really western view of the chakras mm -hmm. and i think i really need to reread all of those books and get back into it and stop it and that's what i've been doing oh, i have yeah. stopped teaching it completely until I get back to the actual truth of it and stop thinking that there are, you know, certain foods and essential oils that right. go with, you know, it's so Western, so Westernized. Oh, yeah. You have to get back to reading, to getting back into the books that you were introduced to them yeah. by. And it, you just have to keep learning and questioning what you're teaching at all times. Humble yourself. Yes. You don't know everything. Absolutely. And girl, that's okay. It That's is fine. It is. It's actually like the whole point. You're yes. not supposed to know everything. We're not put you on aren't. this planet to do it all. Yeah, and we can't. We're just no. we're just little white ladies. Oh, for sure. We can't know everything. For sure. You know, it's 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 a practice that we are honoring, so we have to keep doing the work. Yeah, and being or honest we get about lost. it. And you see it often. Oh yeah. And I feel like as long as you're aware, and I feel like for me, it's something that I have to keep in check. It's like 
that fear of stepping into that place where mm-hmm. I've seen so many studios step where I'm just like, as long as I'm aware and I keep myself humble and I put my like nose to the earth and I do the work, like then I have to trust them that I'm going to be honoring and stepping in a way that's authentic and like on purpose yes. and not throwing shit around. So do the business. It's easy do, to do. Like do do the work. Do what you want to do, but make sure you're also keeping yourself in check. And that's the only thing we can ask as humans, regardless of what you're stepping into. Mm-hmm. You could be a fucking accountant for all I care. Right. Keep yourself in check. I don't want an accountant just making shit up as they go. <laughs> right. Like just because they've forgotten it. Exactly. Time. Like it's any profession, but it's also just super important when that profession is toying with people's vulnerabilities and traumas. Yes. And especially since our profession is so intimate Mm -hmm. and it is so personal and so hard. Yoga is hard work. Yeah. It is hard work. Not just the handstands, not just the poses. Because because that's not the point. That's this little stuff. It's all the big feelings that are in the room of yoga. Yoga is not the pose. I fucking promise. It's the feeling you get when you're there. Asana is the last thing that I want my students to be focusing on when Mm -hmm. they come to class. Yeah. Check in with your emotions first, your mind, your body, your soul. How are you feeling? What do you need to modify to make this class better for you? Start to find movement that feels good for you. Sure, I'll guide you into some cool fun things that may make you feel good and make you feel strong and powerful that you can use in your day-to-day basis and day-to-day life. But that's not the point of what yoga is. The point is for you to go home and go, dude, I really felt really calm when I was sitting there today. And how can I find that again? Yeah. And guess what? I can find that again because I'm the one creating it. If my student can sit and know that they're cultivating that within themselves and I'm just some voice at the front of the room that's not doing anything but just offering some maybes, Mm -hmm. then like I've done my job because it's their power and their healing to recreate that at any point in their lives. That's yoga. It doesn't belong to just one business it doesn't belong to a Mm -mm. studio it is Mm -mm. for every person in this freaking world to sit with you take it everywhere yeah and the lessons that the students learn in yoga are lifelong Mm -hmm. and change you so it is so important that when we are teaching we are keeping that in mind yeah what we're saying matters what we're doing matters our behavior our actions how we're teaching the mental space we're in when we're teaching yeah and, and just being careful because we are holding energy for people in space. Yeah. And we have to be careful. Absolutely. And I think that being careful also goes in like stepping and changing what needs to change for you. Yes. Like stepping out of the shit situations mm-hmm. and knowing that you as a teacher are also powerful. And that like if you need to do it differently or go somewhere else or do it for yourself, fucking do it. Yeah. Like the greatest thing that I did was to be like, actually, I'm going to believe in myself enough to make a whole business and to trust myself to not be that white lady. Right. That's just up there saying shit to make people buy stuff. Like, I don't right. want to be that. And as long as I'm aware and I keep myself honest and I have people around me that are willing to be like, Sam, you're being white as fuck. Take it mm-hmm. off. Like, mm-hmm. then that's what I got to commit to. Yes. Yes. And um, it is. And what a beautiful lesson Mm. and what a wonderful experience that we get to have as people that are honoring a culture every day that we get to learn so much through that. Oh my gosh. So much as people and grow 
Western culture's got a lot wrong. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the science of Western culture. Sure. My favorite thing to do is to be a little fucking scientist and be like, <laughs> hmm, I wonder. And mm-hmm. to take all these bits of information from Western findings and be like, they were already saying that shit back way back when in the Eastern like studies. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all these things and start to connect them. Don't just take them and be like, mm, I figured it out. Fuck that shit. Honor it. Mm-hmm. Use your support that you find, but give people both sides of it. Yes. And I think all we can do is hope to find a balance within ourselves to then give that to others. Yes. And there can be a balance. You know, it sometimes it may feel, you know, weird to be teaching a hot power yoga class because it, it feels like it isn't honoring what yoga is and mm-hmm. it feels too exercisey and it just doesn't feel right, but there are ways to find that balance. It just requires some hard work because hot yoga is never going to go away. No. You know, a super um, physical yoga is never going to go away. And we have to be able to hear where we are, find the balance. Definitely. Well, thanks so much for coming (laughs) on. I mean, I could talk to you all day and I'm sure we'll have you back. Thank you guys for tuning back in and listening to another another conversation. I know you have a lot of stuff coming up. So if you want to go ahead and let them know where they can find you, what you got going on. Sure. Yeah. So my Instagram is vegan underscore underscore yogi. I have my own private uh, personal yoga business. I teach private lessons. Um, I also teach at Breakaway Yoga Studio. And uh, Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week is coming up August 9th through 26th. Make sure you're supporting your local vegan restaurants. Very cool. And we'll definitely have to have you come on again and talk more about the vegan vegan things. But (laughs) we will see you again. And thank thank you you guys so much. much. See ya. Thank you again for joining us this week. As always, if anything from this conversation stirred up any feelings, take care of yourself by visiting the resources in the description below. And if you have any questions or topics you're hoping to hear in the future, let us know at somethingforyoupodcast at gmail.com. Take it easy, be easy, and I'll see you guys next week.